knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Thanks for joining us once again on Poker Action Line. We'll talk uh, World Series of Poker well underway tonight. Uh, here it is. It started uh, less than a week ago, Joe, and uh, we're already uh, involved in like uh, five bracelets have been given out, uh, and another f- four or five events are underway uh, in different stages. It had, flies quick. You can't blink your eyes, or you're going to miss you're going to miss an event or two. You know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, a lot of stuff happening out there, of course, and a lot of things that we have to talk about tonight. So we'll uh, discuss what's happening. Uh, when we were on the show last week, we were at the final table of the Super High Roller Bowl, which uh, kind of preceded the World Series of Poker this year over at the Aria. And uh, Rainer Kempe was the champion. Uh, a great heads-up battle between Kempe and Fader Holtz, the two Germans going at it. And uh, Mike Seidel, and, or not Mike Seidel, um, Eric Seidel, Finished. Mike Seidel's on the Weather Channel. <laughs> Eric Seidel uh, finished in third place. Uh, great tournament. Really a lot of fun to watch. And uh, Fader Holtz uh, was down about seven to one, I want to say, in chip count, uh, heading into into play and head to head, and actually took the lead at one point. Uh, fought all the way back, grinded his way back. Took the lead, but right after that made a big mistake and uh, and fell way back behind again. And then uh, Kempe finished it off and took the title. Yeah, let me tell you, when you're seven to one behind and you fight that hard to get back into the lead, which I've done on much smaller scale tournaments, you know, online and stuff like that. Sometimes you you almost like you know breathing a, a, a air of relief that you've gotten back to even or taken the lead, and then all of a sudden you kind of take your foot off the yeah. gas pedal and uh, boom. Well, a lot of times you're really aggressive to get there, and then one of those times you're a little too aggressive on the wrong time, uh, well, you, you run into something. Well, big. remember you've got to win so many times to get back to even or just ahead that you know that, that the odds are in favor of your opponent eventually catching you on a hand, even if you go in with the superior hand. Anyway, they're a great. Production values, a great show, uh, four straight nights on CBS Sports Network, and really enjoyed that. Uh, a lot of action. It was on a 30-minute delay, but you could watch six, seven hours of uh, poker against the top players in the world. Phil Helmuth uh, finished in fourth, went very deep, so uh, there was uh, marquee he was, players. He was, he was a short stack, if I believe. He was for the much of the time. Table. Yeah, for much so of the for time. So for him to finish in fourth, that's pretty quite impressive. But there was plenty of time to get some complaining in, I'll tell you what. Well, listen, <laughs> it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a tournament that Phil was entered in if he wasn't complaining. But it was fun, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Fader Holtz is, uh, is the up-and-coming shooting star of this game. I, there's no question about it. He's a yeah. tremendous player. Yeah, I remember watching him uh, when he took out Jason Mercier. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was in the same tournament, but uh, yeah, that was uh, earlier this. Uh, so it was, it, yeah, it, you know, the, the stars are aligned for Fader right now. Yeah, doing great, and also uh, uh, playing for the uh, LA Sunset, who was in the headlines this week as the summer series kicked off for the Global Poker League out there on Vegas, uh, and we got our first look at the the Cube, uh, which we. Uh, we're very much anticipating. I'll tell you what, it looked really cool. And, uh, you know, it, it's amazing. I, I, I'm just going to throw this in aside. When you read the chat box that's, uh, that's on Twitch, 
this world is full of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new to anybody, but these people, either they have no idea what they're talking about, asking the dumbest questions, or they're uh, incorporating some sort of, uh, you know, they think they're funny and they're not, you know, and using the uh, the references for Aaron Paul being on Breaking Bad. Of course, it was constantly uh, meth cooking and, and uh, you know, which is okay. I mean, there was a few funny ones once in a while, but, I mean, everyone's trying to be funny, and it just the, I just well, moved the know. screen over and got rid of the chat box after about 20 minutes. Listen, you know, the Internet, when, you're, when, when, when no one sees your face and knows who exactly yeah. you are, you know, you get away with that, and, uh, you know. I, this world I, this world is officially going down the tubes. Big you know, I, love, I love all the Internet tough guys that are out there, you know. It's amazing. That, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't have the courage uh, to, to step out of their house and say that to the people's faces yeah. that they keep insulting. It's amazing, but, of course, uh, we're a couple of old farts from a different era and uh, when people treated each other humanely all the time. Yeah, and and guess what? It's not so much that they treated you, you know, that you treated people humanely, but when you got upset with somebody, you just went and spoke to that person. You know, you didn't air it out uh, for for millions of people to see about it. So, anyway, I watched a great deal of that, and it was fun to watch. Uh, the cube, uh, basically, uh, I guess a twenty by ten foot uh, glass square, which was pretty funny because uh, after he won the first match, Aaron Paul went over to the uh, the window, he can't see anybody outside. They can view in, but he can't really see out. But he knows the people are out there watching him. And he went over and he slapped his hands on the like on the wall. High-fiving everybody. And, and uh, Joe Stapleton, who was doing the play-by-play, said, uh, he goes, uh, you don't own enough to pay for that thing, buddy. You better not do that. Because <laughs> I don't care if you're a big TV movie star or whatever. Anyway, Aaron Paul got his first chance to play. And he actually won the match. He played Fabrice Soulier from France, the Paris Aviators. So it was the sunset against the Aviators in this uh, first match. And uh, a brilliant move again by Maria Ho to put uh, Aaron Paul in the spotlight on the first Summer Series Cube match. And uh, it was very interesting. They stood facing each other, uh, stood the whole time. Uh, They had a small uh, iPad-type computer to make their picks on in front of them and also a monitor facing them. So there was two monitors in the middle, one facing each player. And uh, the head-to-head competition was great, and the guys really got along great, too. It was a very social-type match. It was a thrill to watch. It It was really great. I hope to catch it. I, you know how I feel about watching poker, but uh, I'm going to have to watch this because uh, with, with your endorsement, Big Dave, that definitely seems like something I'd be very interested in. Yeah, well, probably next week we'll give a wrap-up of what happened in these uh, first couple of weeks out there in Vegas. But uh, Chris Mormon, I know, was playing yesterday, and uh, you know uh, Dmitry Urbanovich, there was a bunch of matches, uh, one each day. And you can catch those on Twitch uh, each night, beginning, I think, about 5 o'clock uh, Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Central, or 2 o'clock uh, Pacific. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know, will it keep people's uh, attention with so much going on out there at the Rio? I don't know. Well, let me tell you, that's that's... That's the question. I don't know if it will either with so many people, but you're at the beginning part of the WSOP, so you you might generate a lot more interest watching these these great players playing poker and, and the new concept of the cube and everything else, but... Uh, you know, WSOP is the WSOP, so right. uh, the GPI's got a little ways to go there, but uh, 
you know, from everything that you've mentioned, it seems like an exciting thing, especially to watch since so many people don't watch the WSOP now. Yeah, exactly. To, you know. Exactly. Or until later when they can mm-hmm. see the, the, the produced shows. A uh, lot of things going on out there right now. The Heads Up match uh, matches, uh, 25K Heads Up, is uh, currently in the round of 32. They started off, there was 153 players, which is down, I believe, quite a bit from last year. But they had to... They have to set it up so that, uh, you know, it's evenly matched up into some sort of uh, March Madness-type bracket. Uh, so what they Somebody did was... Somebody had to get a buy with 153. Well, what, what they did was 128 players... Uh, no, 103 players mo- were automatically moved to the next round so that they could add the 25 winners of the 25 heads-up matches on day one. In to make 128, so it would be around a 128, now, 64, and 32. Was this a random draw for it was. 103 yes, it was. people? Okay. Yes, it was. And I want to give you some of those results, but I, I want to get to some of the early results first, and then we'll get to that. But uh, all, all the big names are playing. It's uh, It's been terrific thus far to watch some of these heads-up matches. And uh, they're down in the round of 32 today. So when they finish that, they'll be down to 16 players and then 8, 4, and 2. So we'll be giving away a bracelet later this week in the heads up. Also, the horse tournament is going on. There's been some early uh, action in the uh, triple draw, deuced 7 triple draw low ball. Uh, Just uh, a lot of stuff going on at the same time. $1,500 entries, $10,000 entries. And we're giving away a few... uh, bracelets thus far. So let me give you some of the early results. Uh, the first five events. Uh, things started off last week. Uh, we were there when the uh, doing the show with the uh, employees uh, casino employees yes. tournament started off. The winner was uh, C.J. Sand. Uh, Christopher Sand. And uh, he was the winner there of that one. Uh, Kerry Craigie Finished second, uh, Michael Coombs third, uh, Spencer Bennett fourth. Now, I don't have all the information on, on what he does, or I believe he's a poker dealer, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, he was the champion there and uh, wins 75000 So that got things kicked off. That's kind of the unavent- un- uh, unofficial kickoff event of the World Series of Poker. And then uh, last Thursday, the Colossus started. Uh, six uh, opening sessions. And we had talked about the numbers and everything uh, that we had thought maybe it might do 30,000. Well, some of our guests from, uh, yeah, from Poker Don, News. Yeah, Donnie Peters thought 30,000 and uh, somewhere less, 25 to 30,000, a lot of players. I, I would have assumed 25 would have been, not to say easy, but very obtainable, especially with last year's being 22 and change. Last year was 22, uh, let's see, 22,613, I think it was. Uh, well, this year was 21,613 this year. So no, uh, so that was uh, last year was eh, I don't have it here, but it was over twenty two thousand twenty two three seventy four. There you last go. year, so uh, down a little bit this 700. year. You mentioned uh, the the number twenty one six thirteen. There was a little poll I saw a couple of little unofficial polls where they took of people what they thought they were going to uh, bring in, and I think forty seven percent of the people picked between twenty five and thirty thousand, and about thirty percent of the rest or thirty percent of the of the group picked 21 to 25, which was correct. Uh, they started off a little slow, and it was pretty obvious uh, they were going to have a hard time reaching last year, even though there were two extra sessions. Uh, there were a lot of improvements. I guess things went pretty smoothly. But uh, as they moved on, the number 21613 is going to, a lot of people are going to make fun of that because it was less than last year. 
But, you know, the novelty of it wore off, and there were people last year that said they wouldn't come well, back after the problem. Let me tell you something. You know, it, 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 it's amazing because I was speaking with this with Gio. When you mentioned, when you mentioned 21,613 people and you're a little disappointed that the numbers weren't there, we may be stepping out on, on, on the ledge of uh, being ridiculous here. Uh, yeah, you know, last year with the problems they had, maybe some people took a uh, let's wait and see if they get this thing corrected. Um, we're off by what, 700, 700 some odd people from last year to this year's. So you're looking, it's down a little less than about 3%, 3% change. It's still one hell of a turnout. Yeah, I mean, no when we were expecting 10,000 last year to 22, 21 is still a hell of a number. But like you said, they had to work on a couple of things. They, they addressed the prize pool. Uh, I'm, you know, I haven't read anything yet. It's still early on on the amount of people there and payouts. You mentioned that so far no one's complaining about bathroom accessibility and stuff like this. So if everything else runs very smooth for this tournament, I, I I'm predicting that next year's will will sur- surpass the twenty two thousand twenty three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the winner was Benjamin Keyline. Ben Keyline. He uh, is from Illinois. Wins a million dollars for first place. A uh, player from the Czech Republic, Yuri Horak, finished in second. And uh, a fellow from California of Syrian descent, uh, Farhad uh, Davudzada, uh, took third, 462K. Richard Carr, who uh, first big cash in his career, an older fellow from, uh, he was from Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, I'm sorry, he's from Florida, uh, Lake, Lake Mary, Florida. Uh, 348,000 for fourth place. Uh, there was a woman that made the final table. Unfortunately, she went out in ninth place. Her name uh, Zhu Deng. Uh, 92,000 was her uh, payoff. And the best known player at the final table was Jonathan Borenstein, who uh, plays a lot of big. He played at the Hard Rock not long ago, but he's a pretty big name player. 118k. Uh, the other f- players at the final table: Marek Onishku, uh, Christopher Renaudet. Alex Benjamin and, and uh, as I mentioned, Jonathan Bornstein. So uh, a good tournament, uh, a fun final table. I watched a good bit of that as well and enjoyed it. Uh, great um, job by David Tuckman as usual, and he had some uh, interesting people, including Jam- Jamie Kerstetter at the final table in the booth, and uh, a fellow named uh, Clayton Fletcher, who's a comedian and also a poker player, uh, did some nice uh, commentary on it as well for much of that match. And, and I know you brought in some of the statistics that they had from entries and stuff. Yeah, pretty uh, interesting. Pretty interesting. Uh, what was it, about well, less than uh, well, 1% of the field or a little over 1% of the field actually – 268 people fired six bullets at this uh, oh. at, 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 at the Colossus. Entered all six flights. Uh, there were uh, 11,713, 54% of the entries had just uh, one. Those, that was the unique entries. A uh, number of people who played in this event, not counting the extra entries where people entered more than once. For instance, uh, there was uh, over 5,000 people played at least two sessions, right. opening sessions. So the total was uh, 21,000 entries, but 11,700 individual people played in this event. Uh, 300. So that no, that 11,000 generated 2160. Yeah, the 11,713 plus 9,900 players who entered more than once. Uh, of course, we mentioned the million-dollar first prize. 3,245 places were paid out, which is the largest of any tournament ever. 
the last place, the first cash numbers were, was $832. Which is nice. You know, you, you small know, profit. You, you get there, it's a small profit. You had fun, and, and, you, and you get to take a little bit of money home. Interesting number there that I st- that I recall is the amount of ladies that entered the tournament, which was impressive. Uh, One thousand two hundred seventy, so. which was nearly six percent. Yeah, which is good because we've been seeing three and four percent for a lot of the main event and, and other tournaments as well. One thing that shocked me there, though, with uh, with this tournament was the average age, uh, Dave. That uh, that you had there, the average age. Uh, for the for the entrance was 41, a little over 41 years of age, which was just above what the average male age was. So the surprise is the female age is at 44, 44.31 years old. Uh, you know, we've been talking about how this is a young man's, uh, young person's game. Uh, it seems like the older the older folks were were more more uh, willing to put up the only five hundred and sixty. Well, when you got to average, you figure a lot of the average players are under the average age. But the ones that are, like for instance, there was a ninety-two year old player. Right. So that's going to bring up the average a little bit. So uh, that's understandable, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to know how, how many of those people were actually, <laughs> like you said, if you had X amount of people that were in their 50s and 60s and 70s uh, playing this, it would definitely bring up the average. Right, but. exactly. So anyway, that got finished uh, last night, and uh, several other events that followed it, but started after it started, uh, were finished as well. So we'll get to some of those after we take a break. Uh, we'll just let you know that... Uh, um, the United States uh, supplied uh, 18,704 of the entries. So uh, uh, I guess you know uh, nobody I'm else. Not, nobody even he, nobody else hit a thousand. Right. There were 801 Canadian entries, 408 from the United Kingdom, and on down uh, through uh, Brazil and Russia. Right around 100 entries in the tournament. So you know it is an international event, but again dominated by American players, of course, as you might expect. So. We'll take a look at some of the other earlier events. Uh, local South Florida player Rob Mizraki has picked, has picked up a, a, a his tournament bracelet. Fourth tournament bracelet. Fourth brace. of his career, passing his brother Michael. And uh, we'll talk about that event, some of the other ones that have been finished, and then we'll update you on what's going on now. And we'll have some other stories as well when we come back. We'll uh, tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park, though, uh, which is located in Broward County, just north of the Dade County. Broad County Line down on Hallandale Beach Boulevard and Federal Highway. It's east of 95, easy to get to from 95, or even the Turnpike. You might have to drive a little farther coming from the Turnpike, but easy to get to from any part of South Florida and not far from the beach as well. If you come down here, you stay at the beach, you got about a mile and a half drive uh, from from Hallandale Beach to, to head right in inland and go to the track, which is uh, one of the great horse tracks in this country. And uh, certainly had a great winter meet that uh, displayed a lot of the top stakes races and some of the great horses, trainers, and jockeys in the sport. They have now moved into their summer meet, which is, uh, you know, a lot lot of people head up north. So, uh, you know, it doesn't have the tops in the sport, but uh, uh, certainly it's an entertaining high level of racing and uh, and competition that you can catch uh, Wednesdays through Sundays each week and uh, very enjoyable. So besides the horse racing, there's the poker and, of course, all the other dining, shopping op- opportunities in the village of Gulfstream Park. Easy to find because you just look for Pegasus in the parking lot. 110-foot bronze <laughs> steel me. statue. It is huge. And easy to find, uh, certainly easy to get to. And once you get there, you're going to have a lot of fun. We can guarantee it. Uh, it's Gulfstream Park located at 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. Tell them that Big Dave and Joe sent you over. 
<laughs> this is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. So, you know, I'm a dog and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket, but it's always the same basket and it's always the same place. And then they act so surprised when I find them, but I'm like, hello? That's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here talking World Series of Poker and all things poker. Uh, some interesting stuff going on uh, outside of uh, the Rio, but... Uh, the main focus is there, no question about it. Also, uh, one of the big stories was the entrance and uh, participation this year of Chris Ferguson, Jesus Ferguson, uh, making an appearance, of course, a few months ago, not even a few months, a few weeks ago, we saw the uh, the official apology from Howard Letterer, the professor, uh, on, the, on Daniel Negreanu's blog, and uh, there was a lot of discussion about that. People weren't uh, too accepting of his apology, but, you know, at least there was some respect there that he at least came clean. Uh, unfortunately, Jesus Ferguson did not uh, even acknowledge that really he carried any blame for anything that happened at Full Tilt and uh, basically walked in with the same look that he always has, the the cowboy hat with the uh, with the beard and long hair and the vest and uh, all that stuff. Uh, no full tilt uh, logo, of course, on the hat anymore. But uh, he walked in. He played a couple events. Uh, played a uh, ten thousand uh, dollar seven card stud, and uh, played another one yesterday. So uh, uh, the re- the uh, reaction was really pretty nasty. I think uh, a lot of people said things to him and took sh- uh, snarky shots at him. Uh, 
I don't think there was any violence. It looked like he had kind of a bodyguard walking around with him. But he did not show any remorse. And when uh, some of the press people asked him for some comments, he said, I'm only here to play poker. So uh, there was really no acknowledgement of anything that happened really in the past. And how long has it been now, the Joe? Acknowledgement I guess it's been uh, five, six years now? The acknowledgement is the fact with him and Howard, and granted, you know, Howard on Daniel's blog tried five, to... Five years, I guess, right? Right. It's been about five years. Is, you know, the, 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 apology has come, the apology has come a little late, okay? The apology's come a little late, and not admitting to anything? Well, listen, when the government, you know, takes money out of your bank, seizes property, you forfeit property as part of the penalties, okay, and millions and millions, listen... You you were up to it, up to your elbows on this thing. I don't care. You know, you can't claim stupidity. You know, when all of this thing broke and everything happened, the one thing I remember was Phil Ivey also being part of that team, you know, going crazy, you know, saying that he wasn't part of this, that he was suing full tilt. And, you know, I don't recall anybody holding any grudges against Phil Ivey because he came, you know, he put himself out in front right away while, you know, Chris and Howard, you know, the, these guys stood in the background, didn't say a damn thing. Watched people's monies get frozen for years and years. Well, at that point, there wasn't a whole lot they could do about it. Really. No, but it was, it was but the mismanagement okay, from so, years can, earlier. Okay, really. but at least come out. Yeah. You know, if if you weren't involved in it, because I don't know about you, Dave, but if you're accusing me of something that I didn't do, and it's going to cost me millions of dollars, one, either you stuck your head in the sand. And you started receiving lots of money, and, you know, you just didn't want to ask where that money was coming from. Yeah. And well, I think that's the case with Chris Ferguson and Howard Lederer, that I don't know if they were – I believe if there was evidence that they were directly re- involved in, in trying to, you know, a fraud of the of, of – Well, I, I think a lot of – in all defense of them, uh, and not that they need defending or deserve defending, but uh, – uh, Letterer had really gotten away from the day-to-day operations by the time a lot of that fraud happened. And you know, Ray Batar and some of the other people that were in charge, they should have had a better idea about it. And, of course, they had put their names and likenesses to represent and draw people into the company. So they do bear some responsibility. Okay, There's no but, question. But if they, had, if they at one point did have day-to-day you know, involvement in the business, the payouts that they were receiving – had to send up a red flag somewhere right. because right. you got to say, well, wait a minute, I, you know, I uh, did 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 our did our business increase tenfold here for 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 me to be receiving this kind of money? So, like I said, they hid their heads. There's a reason they signed over, you know, to the government, um, and I guess the government didn't pursue criminal charges, so they'd be put into in, in jail. But you know, they may not have you know instigated what happened there. But they definitely were a part of it, yeah. and that's and, the and reason. They, collect, they collected hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. I, 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 it was, they, they forfeited millions from the reports that I read. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, you know, properties, cars that they had to give back, you know. So they had a, a heavy hand in, in what went on there. And then, you know, for Chris to show up, I mean, we haven't, outside of this blog thing, we hadn't heard from Howard Letterer. You know, and there's a man that I respected his writings. I'm mean, a great poker player. Uh, Chris also, main event winner. But, you know, step out there, say you're sorry. You know, you come out now, he's going to need to walk around with a bodyguard because there are going to be some people out there who, you know, 
regardless that years, many years later, you know, some of it, some of it was made right. But to have all this money, who knows how that affected people's lives? Um, I'm going back. I don't know the exact details of Russ Hamilton's involvement in something crooked that you know that he was involved in yeah, that cost was... a lot of people money. But I remember down here in South that Florida. That was our ultimate bet. Well, yeah. whatever it was, he was down here in South Florida. I remember a friend of mine who was at one of the poker rooms down here that he showed up and, you know, some of the people just started saying, hey, you're playing with a, with a criminal, you're playing with a crook, with a cheater, you know, and, you, you know, you you go your whole life trying to to develop your reputation and get a fine reputation as a poker player, and I believe Russ Hamilton's also a main event winner, you know, and then to lose it in something so shady it, it's really disgusting. I, I don't understand how Chris Ferguson's going to be able to go to to too many tournaments with, like I said, the enormous amount of people that were involved and, and that, that felt like they got cheated. So. Yeah, kind of question. Uh, one of the other uh, outcomes of uh, uh, Robin's Rocky winning a, a title was uh, his fourth, as we mentioned, but he, he becomes only the sixth player, and we're talking about names like Johnny Moss and Matt Matros, and, and I believe the grinder was one, another who, brother, won, yeah. who won bracelets in three consecutive years. So uh, this is the third consecutive year for Rob. So uh, that's just an unbelievable accomplishment. I remember when we had Matt Matros on the show to talk about it, you know, and, and how difficult that is. Uh, you know, to to come back and, and win another tournament is really something else. And, and you know, to put it in perspective, Dave. Something that Ferguson or Letterer never did in no, their day. And, <laughs> no, and, and, and you know, you, you mentioned Johnny Moss, one of the legendary poker players. But when he won, there was a lot fewer tournaments and significantly lower number of players entering. So your chances of winning were a lot greater. You know, to win in today's era where every single tournament seems to have a thousand or more people in it, that's pretty impressive when you got to go through a field like that just to win a, one bracelet every single year. Yeah, no question Three about years it. in a row, very impressive. You know, I had to sit back and think about it because I, I, I assumed that more people had done this. And then when you start really analyzing it and you start going, wait a minute, this, this is a hell of a lot harder to do than, than, than you than Yeah, you no think. question about it. Uh, a couple of other events that have been completed. Uh, event number four was a, was a new tournament called the $1,000 Top-Up Turbo. And uh, as it turned out, it was the quickest final table in WSOP history, uh, slightly more than two hours as uh, – Kyle Julius picks up uh, his first WSOP bracelet, winning that event. Uh, Kyle, a good friend of Steve Carps, I remember when we were talking about having him on the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, a relatively small field uh, in this one, 142000 for first place. Uh, Julius defeats Bart Leibert uh, head-to-head for the title. Uh, ben Yu took third, 61000 uh, Vinny Pahuja, uh, Muckle's brother, uh, finished in ninth place, 9,500, and uh, really not a lot of big names at that final table as well. But that was a tournament where you could actually uh, bump up your chip stack by either uh, entering uh, some sort of a qualifier on WSOP.com, or you could actually buy the extra chips. So uh, it was kind of a turbo, and... Uh, you know, it was a tournament that uh, got through rather quickly, but a uh, new format and something a little bit different. Uh, Kyle Julius. So it was a the one, day, one day tournament. I would imagine that's a tournament. I believe it was, yes. <laughs> because they, I don't know what the blind structure was there, but they're very quick online. Yeah. Uh, then there was uh, now the, the whole tournament was not online. Just the, the 
pre-part of it, and then they played live uh, there. They will be, of course, the other uh, online tournament later. Uh, event number five was the six-handed Dealer's Choice event. Uh, you had 19 different games to choose from in this one. And uh, some big names made the final table. A guy who has played locally here quite a bit uh, over the past year, Joey Cooden, made that final table. And also fellow Randy Ohel, who uh, was originally from South Florida and now lives in Vegas, made that final table as well. Uh, the final six, though, went down uh, to uh, uh, Paul Volpe as uh, part of that final six, also Joey Cooden. And uh, the winner was Lawrence Berg. He wins 125K. Uh, Yuki Zhu finished second. Andrew Brown took third. And Volpe finished in fourth place. So uh, those were the first five events. Uh, some interesting stuff that happened there. A lot of that stuff, a couple of those finished last night. And uh, things have moved on. We'll get to some of those other uh, things that are happening now. But uh, anything you're particularly looking forward to? The Monster Stack, the Millionaire Maker, anything uh or are you looking to to watch maybe uh, the Raz tournament or something like that? I, listen, I've always enjoyed the Raz tournament, the higher buy-in horse tournament. Um, you know, the, I just the, those are the games that I love playing and no longer much, get much of a chance to play because you don't see those games outside of tournaments, and we really don't get them here unless the WSOP circuit events in town. Right. So um, yeah, those are the tournaments that I enjoy watching. Uh, one that I really want to watch a little bit this year is uh, is the Do Seven Triple Draw. Yeah, they're down it's to the final table. It's a game I really want to kind of get to learn a little bit. And Bernard uh, Lee uh, made a pretty good run again this year in that. Uh, they're down to the final seven. Last and, I looked. And coincidentally, that you mentioned that I didn't know that he had done that, but uh, you know, him being on our show and talking about it uh, a couple of years ago. Always piqued my he interest. He made the final table that year. And, uh, you know, so that's that's one game that I really want to study and learn a little bit and, and see if later on down the road I can compete in it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to talk a little bit before we go to break about event number nine, which is the Heads Up Tournament, uh, 25K buy-in in that one. Uh, 153 players, as I mentioned. Right now they are moving down to the final group of 16 as they were playing the uh, round of 32 today. Uh, there's just one match left, Sam Sovereign against Paul Newey, but I did want to kind of run down what happened from the round of 64. I don't want to start from the very beginning, obviously. But because of the draw, you know, Negreanu had to play in that first group of 50 players that had played down uh, to 25, added to the 103 that moved to the second round. So the 128 then went to 64. And let me give you some of the matches from the round of 64. Uh, Jared Jaffe just defeated uh, Christian Glessner. Uh, Scott Baumstein beat uh, Lucky Chewy, Andrew Lichtenberger. Uh, Chance Corneth knocked off Thomas Canuli. Remember Thomas Canuli mm-hmm. from November 9 last year. Uh, Olivier Bousquet beat Yvonne Luca. Federico Petrozelli knocked off Dominic Nietzsche. Jason Les uh, beat Jason Kuhn, Battle of Jasons there. Uh, let's see if I got all the... Uh, Matthew Perry, uh, not, the, not the actor, but the player, <laughs> player beat uh, Dmitry Ivanovich. Uh, Doug Polk played uh, Konstantin Razmanov. Razmanov was the winner there over Polk. A little surprise there. Uh, then we had uh, Tanner Millen beating Sam Abernathy. Uh, Jeff Gross uh, was knocked off by uh, Alan Perkal. Uh, so let me get you some of the other big names. Uh, here's a good matchup. Igor Yaroshevsky against Martin J- Jacobson, uh, the former champion a couple of years ago. And the winner of that one was... Uh, 
Yeah, it was Yaroshevsky, uh beat Jacobson. Uh, Antonio Esfandiari uh, defeated J.C. Tran. Bryn That's Kenny. a heck of a matchup right there. Yeah, absolutely. Bryn Kenny beat Robert Gorodetsky. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Nick Eunice, who uh, has won a couple tournaments down here in South Florida, won his match against Keith Lair. Uh, Joe McKeon and Sam Stein matched up. Stein was the winner in that one. Uh, Max Silver uh, defeated uh, Moritz Dietrich. And let's see, what else? Timothy Adams uh, also had a first-round match there. Adrian Mateos uh, was a winner in his match against uh, Rob Tepper. And uh, Bobby Abudi also won his match against uh, Igor Bulichev. So uh, that gives you an idea of what happened in that round of 64. So the matchups are going on today. Uh, I don't know who you – I think one of the most interesting matchups is a Chance Corneth against Olivier Bousquet. Yeah, that's that's a Great nice that's a nice top matchup right we'll there. We'll see if we can find out who won that one earlier today. Uh, S. Antonio Esfandiari playing Bryn Kenny, another uh, battle of uh, big names another there. Another really good. Uh, Sam Stein against Max Silver, and Mateos, who made a deep run in the uh, Seminole Hard Rock this year, is playing Max Altergott. So uh, they're down to the round of uh, they'll be down to the round of 16 in just a moment. As soon as the Sovereign match gets over, and then they'll come back uh, and play the play down to eight. I believe uh, later this evening, and then tomorrow they'll come back and uh, play a little bit farther. Yeah, anyway, well, I always liked that one. I I saw the heads up out there. I remember the year in 2012 when I went out. There was actually betting. On those matches, you could uh, there was odds on just about every match. And I remember betting on Jason Kuhn and uh, uh, a couple other players, uh, but it was interesting. And uh, as we see here from some of those results, sometimes the guy you think would be heavily favored doesn't always win that match. Well, you know how the, how it is. You know, in poker, you gotta have to run really well and heads up. You got to make a lot more moves. You know, with a lot less in your cards there. So. I, I, besides the skill level, Dave, you, there I think there's a little bit more luck factor in this and in, in heads up play than, right. than when you got a full table. Right. Uh, anyway, they are moving on, and uh, we'll give you some of the results from today when we come back. But that's one I wanted to look at, and also uh, do seven low ball. We'll give you some of those uh, results as they're down to the final table, and uh, keep you up to date. It's uh, so much going on uh, when you're out there. It's like everything's happening all around. There's of course all the cash games going in other rooms, and satellites for uh, future events. It's just, it's just a rock and roll party. It's out amazing there. how much money is floating around, huh? Yeah, no question. So. Uh, Looking forward to getting out there later in the series. Of course, uh, uh, you know, players uh, are full of the vim and vigor right now as they, uh, the optimism is high. And uh, after you take a few bad beats and uh, some silly beats, uh, some mistakes of your play, uh, certainly everybody's not so overjoyed as they move along in the event. Well, you know, it's still fresh. It's been a year, a year almost, and uh, I don't think the grind really hits until about week two, three, you know. And yeah. For some of those players that, that are there from day one, the grind, I would imagine, really hits you strong around middle of June right. or so. Right. Okay, well, let's take another break on the show here. Uh, again, we would tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park down in Hallandale Beach. Great poker room down there. Uh, of course, the racing is uh, is one of the big draws, but uh, we go there for the poker room because uh, we like the action and uh, have a lot of fun. Uh, Scott Poole runs a great room down there with nice people, fair games, and a uh, well, well-run room. Uh, it's located in the back floor, back part of the first floor casino. 
Uh, when you walk into the breezeway, you're headed out. You can see the track out there on the right. You go into that uh, side of the building and uh, head all the way to the back and uh, sign up for whatever uh, cash games you want to get into or tournaments or whatever. Every night they have a 7 o'clock event. Uh, certainly uh, different choices of buy-ins and that sort of thing. Be sure and give the Poker Room a call if you want more information at 954-457-6336. 954-457-6336. Lots of other stuff going on. The big Pegasus Cup is a huge $12 million horse race that will be contested next January as we look forward to that. Of course, the great racing season kicks off later in the year. But a full summer of racing, uh, poker action, simulcasting of uh, all different horse racing events, sporting is uh, sporting events including baseball, the uh, uh, the NBA Finals, of course, uh, you can catch all of that. And then NFL action in the fall. Catch uh, all the latest action in all the sports and easy to see from all the tables, and uh, you'll have a good time. Uh, be sure and check it out. It's located in the southern part of Broward County at 901 South Federal Highway, the corner of Federal Highway and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. Uh, head on down. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet. It will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit. And much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
Welcome back to the show. Final segment. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line as we look at some of the early events of the uh, World Series of Poker, the 47th edition this year. And uh, I'll be heading out there later in the month, actually the first part of July, to catch some of the main event. And uh, certainly always a, a good time. Um, I wanted to tell a brief story. Uh, they came over the the wire today, uh, the wire, <laughs> dating myself there, but I uh, looked on the internet, and a story about Natasha Barba, who is uh, Jason Mercier's girlfriend, she's from Tampa, and uh, we've had her on the show before, and uh, talked with her a few times at some of the tournaments, a very cute girl, that uh, very nice, and uh, uh, they've been going out, I guess, uh, eh, maybe about a year or so. Uh, but she uh, is a very good poker player and has uh, finished deep in a lot of events down here in Florida, uh, making a big move out there to uh, play a lot of events uh, at the World Series of Poker this year. And she played in a tournament. Event number six was the 1,000 Hyper Hold'em event, uh, which drew uh, 1,436 players. Jason played as well. Jason ended up finishing 29th, which is a pretty solid finish there. $6,300 for Nate, uh, for uh, Jason. Uh, Greg Merson was 35th in the event. James Woods uh, went pretty deep, 37th place. The actor James Woods, Sorrell Mizzy was uh, in 40th, and our friend Steve Karp uh, got a cash in that one as well. But Natasha played an earlier hand, uh, the second hand of the the day, of the tournament. Uh, She got pocket aces, and uh, she was, uh, I guess, a big blind, and he was a small blind, the player she played. He had pocket eights. And uh, so she shoved all in and lost a hand, had aces cracked. Um, really a chip in a chair because it's like the second of the tournament. She realized that he had, uh, um, you know, he had, lo- he had uh, gone in as the big blind right before her. So she had 50 chips left after she shoved her whole stack, you know. I and mean, he had put up the big blind in the first hand. Right. So, you know, everybody thought she was out. Second hand, you go all in, you lose. But she actually had 50 chips left, 50 chips. So if that's not a chip in a chair, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> so she fought back. Uh, she won the next hand to 150. Uh, she ended up getting 1,250 chips. So, uh, as it turns out, she ended up cashing in the tournament for $2,500. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Which is, which is just a, a great story for perseverance and not getting yourself down and giving up, which would be the easy thing to do, just shove all in the next well, hand. Well, no, she has to shove in the yeah, next hand. She actually she has to shove in on the next hand. Because she's after a small that, blind now. She can pick a hand after if she survives that. Right. Right. So... Uh, she it does take a little luck as well, but she ends up uh, winning twenty five hundred. Uh, let's see, twenty five hundred. I guess was the final number there for her. And, uh, and you know, what was the buy in on that tournament? Buy in was a thousand. So a fifteen hundred dollar profit after you were down to two chips, practically. Right, two chips, and actually two got back. You know, right into the competition of it all, and uh, talks about that story. Uh, uh, that's tough. That's tough to to beat. Really is, uh, you know. And uh, a, a credit the, to her. Those are the feel good stories. So she at dinner break she had twenty two k. So you know she actually uh, bagged up and came back the next day. It wasn't a one day tournament. It was two day. And uh, you know she had to. Uh, she said she ran the fifty chips into thirteen thousand in three hours. That's which impressive. Is, which is very impressive. She won some flips. Uh, she said she actually two-outed a guy uh, that was the nicest player at her table and felt she felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, you know, you get you get. A, is there any way of getting away from that aces on the second hand of the no, event? There's no yeah. way of getting away from that. There's there's absolutely no way you're getting away, especially heads up. Are you kidding me? You're you're a ninety percent favorite to win that hand, just about. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, she finished two hundred fifty second. Uh, ended up uh, uh, had ten nine of hearts. In the cutoff, with uh, 12 big blinds left and lost to uh, Paranines. So, uh, hey, you know, once, good listen, plan. once you've made the money after being down to two chips, you know, it's, it's all gravy after that. But she talks about the motivation she has from uh, talking hands with, uh, you know, with Jason uh, every day that they spend together. And, uh, you know, it's uh, certainly... Uh, you know, the influence is there for him to teach her things. Uh, it's not that she wasn't a great player before, but uh, certainly it's uh, it's been a great, great life uh, for her over the last year. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, and I don't know if it's my age, the way we grew up, Dave, but I, I hope everything is great with their relationship. It seems that way, but I, it's so hard for me to think that you'd, you'd have a relationship with someone that does exactly the same thing that you do. And yet, when you think about it, where else are they going to meet people? They, Jason spends, I guess, so much time at the yeah, tables exactly. at getting to meet somebody outside of the poker world, someone who's not into poker. It's amazing. You know, whenever I hear these, these uh, romance stories and couple stories, it amazes me because I don't know if I could survive uh, being married to someone who's doing the exact same thing I do. I wonder if they get into arguments whether she's made a mistake at a table and then he's like, wait a minute, I've told you this before. <laughs> the other. I, I, I just, you know, uh, I'm uh, imagining these scenarios that yeah. are occurring. Yeah, I'm sure it's some uh, strange stuff. Anyway, the winner of that event was uh, John Redding from uh, Rochester, Minnesota, wins 252000 Mark O'Donnell. Mark McDonald from uh, Dublin, Ireland was second, 155K, and Harrison Beach took third, uh, 98K. Okay, moving on to some of the other events. Uh, event number seven, do seven low ball. Uh, I don't think it's triple draw. I think it's a single draw. Single draw? Yeah. Okay. Um, $1,500 buy-in. Down to three players. Ryan D'Angelo, the chip leader right now from Binghamton, New York. John Monette, who is a terrific uh, mixed games player, uh, currently in second. And Tom Franklin. Uh, rounds out the top three as uh, they're playing 279 players. A pretty good turnout in that event. And that is Deuce 7 low ball. Looking at uh, some of the other players that got knocked out at this final table, uh, Dan Kelly made it, made it to fourth place. Uh, let's see. Todd Barlow finished sixth. Constantine Maslach was fifth. Barry Greenstein uh, finishes in ninth place. Hey. Uh, wins 5,000. Uh, that then we'll move on to event number eight, which is the horse tournament. Okay, and nine is the uh, heads-up event. So uh, we gave you the information on that one, but uh, eight is the horse, uh, fifteen hundred dollar horse event. Uh, let's see, total players in that one. We had seven hundred seventy-eight, and there are one hundred twelve remaining. Chip counts. Uh, we'll give you the chip leaders here. Uh, Nick Coast is the chip leader. Gov- Gorov Kalro from uh, New York City is second. Jake Schwartz third. Hal Klein from uh, local here in South Florida and Boca Raton is currently in fourth place. Andrea Kari in sixth. Chris Klodnicki 
is in seventh place. I think you had Chris Klodnicki last year, didn't you? One of us had him. One of us I had him. I think you did. <laughs> Rep, Rep Porter, uh, 16th place currently with 74,000 chips. So he's still battling in that one with 113 players. And the other only event that's uh, going on now is event number 10, which is the six-handed no-limit hold'em event, $1,500 buy-in. And total in that one, uh, 1,412 players entered in that one. Uh, Ravid Garbi is the chip leader. Uh, Clayton Fletcher, who we heard on the, uh, the the simulcast last night, is currently third place in chips. Tyler Patterson, Lonnie Harwood, and the Grinder all in the top ten. Samantha Abernathy as well. Phil Locke uh, making good run in that one as well. So that kind of gets you up to date for the first ten events. There's 69 altogether, so we got several weeks to go. But here we are, one week into yeah, it, and uh, ten events in action. 69 events this year. I remember, what, three, four years ago, it was like 50 events, and it's already gone up to 69 events. It's, yeah. it's amazing how well run this is. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it's a, it's a big process. And, and you think back at the arguments and the... Uh, the request for them to, to not not uh, have a rake in the main event. And, you know, I mean, come on, this is a business here, and they do a tremendous job. And there's always criticism. There's no doubt that they don't do everything perfectly. But, uh, you know, you got to make a living doing this thing. And it's obviously pretty lucrative, I think, for Caesars. And they continue to have it every year and bring people into their, their properties. But, uh, you know, this is a money-making venture, and uh, it works because – uh, you know, capitalism works, let's face it. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, obviously, having been most of my adult life involved in poker, it's uh, the request that I've heard from from poker players sometimes gets a little ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, places have to make money. People have to be paid to run these tournaments. You know, there's, there's, there's a cost factor involved, plus... They're not charities. They're here to make some money. Of course, uh, you know, everybody else trying to cash in out there in Vegas, too, with other events and other tournaments. A lot of, a lot more talk about some of the other events this year. Of course, we had the Aria hosting the big Super High Roller Bowl, which brought a lot of attention. But, you know, the Venetian, uh, you know, uh, Planet Hollywood, there's lots of talk and lots of discussion about people going off property to play in other events. And I think that's a good thing for poker. I think so, too. It's it's wonderful that these other properties have been able to take advantage of having so many people in town to play poker, and some just don't want to play in all of those events over there. So it's nice that they have an option to go somewhere else, and uh, I'm sure that they're running. uh, These tournaments have to be run at a first-class level, uh, just to compete with the WSOP. So, uh, you know, players are real happy, you know, that they get options, and so are the other properties. And I think this is the reason why this is just continually growing, you know, from day one ever since uh, Moneymaker's year. Well, certainly a uh, pretty interesting thing uh, going on there. And uh, uh, I want to correct something on, on event number six. I think I, I gave the final results, and that was not correct. Uh, event number six is still going on with 18 players. Uh, Rich Dubini is the chip leader. Uh, John Raisner is uh, running pretty deep in that event, and Anthony Zeno still alive. So uh, uh, we'll give you some of those results next week on event number six, the $1,500 No Limit Hold'em with uh, over 2,000 players in that one. So uh, I think I gave you John Redding as a winner, but that uh, was not correct. So uh, that is from last year. Um, We'll keep an eye on all these tournaments, though, as we move uh, through the tournament. Maybe we'll... uh, 
have things laid out a little bit better next week so we uh, so we don't make that kind of mistake. But certainly uh, so much going on, it's hard to almost to keep track of it. It is. It's cause so much is going on, and it's going by quickly. It does. It does go by quickly, and, uh, you know, everything's piled on top of each other. But that's a good thing, too, that you can actually, uh, you know, you can actually uh, – have so many different choices of what you want to do if you're a player that doesn't want to spend a lot of money but wants to try to qualify for these events you get in and play some satellites maybe you make some money in the cash games build your bankroll before you get started in playing against the big boys uh, you know for every level of player there's something to do out there not just uh, players who have been in the spotlight for 15-20 for years Yeah. <laughs> well we're constantly reading names that you know May be known to some of the, the the hardcore poker fans, but to the general po- uh, poker public, you know these are all new people, and that's why you get so many people out there, Dave. You know it's life changing money in most of these events, and uh, and you have a dream that you can become the next superstar in poker, and all in the all you need, as you mentioned with Natasha, sometimes is a chip in a chair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, congratulations to her on uh, a great effort there, and. Certainly hope all that our friends that are out there for uh, the six weeks have a good success, and we bring a few bracelets home here to South Florida. I think we're going to see it. We've always seen Rob Mizraki. Uh, we already had bracelet. one already bring one home, so Absolutely. one of the first ones. So, so plenty of stuff still continue. to happen. We'll check it out. Anyway, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Gio, thank you as usual for uh, a little extra work this evening, but uh, we certainly uh, we're, we're forcing him to put in a little overtime yeah, today. <laughs> exactly, Joe. Thank you as well, and uh, certainly. Uh, you know, always something to talk about in this game of poker, and we'll be looking and next week. And we're sure going to have a hell of a lot more to talk about in the very near future. Exactly. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. I'm Big Dave Lemon along with Joe Rodriguez, and we will catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 